I just found out that last week, Michael Jordan, the GOAT, invested in DraftKings, and he is now an advisor to the board for the company. I thought that was huge, the fact that they were able to get Jordan involved in the mix. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Capitalist Investor. I'm Mark Tepper, joined by Derek Gabrielson. What's up, buddy? Hey, Mark. How's it going, man? Dude, I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) It is September, as we talked about, you know, in one of our most recent shows. It's probably my favorite month of the year. Oh, yeah. And one of the reasons is because football comes back. Oh, yes. (laughs) I love me some football. (laughs) So excited. It's coming back for now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cross our fingers. <laughs> Let's hope we make it through an entire season. And it's with limited fans, mm-hmm. which kind of stinks. Right. I want to say the Browns are operating at like 10% capacity. Yeah, I think 6,000 fans is what I read. It's terrible. Yeah. So there's going to be like no energy in the stadium. It's noticeable too. I've kind of noticed it, whether it's golf or baseball, basketball. It does take something away from the experience when you don't have those fans screaming after something cool happens. I was watching some of the early baseball. Baseball games, some of the early Indians games at the beginning of the year. Shouldn't say beginning of the year, it's halfway through the year, but beginning of the season for them. And they had like the fans, you know, playing in the background. Mm -hmm. But I'm used to the fans cheering when there's a home run hit. Right. Because I can't tell from my (laughs) living room if it's a home run. Yep. Right. So you kind of rely on the fans to give you some feedback. Mm -hmm. But, anyways, I think this leads to an opportunity, D. So people love sports. We're all happy sports are back, but we can't go to the games. Right. So from my perspective, I believe this is going to lead to increased demand for sports betting. And that's what I want to talk about today (laughs) is sports betting, the different ways to bet on sports, but also the different ways for investors to play this trade. So you did a little research on just sports betting overall. What did you come up with? You know, I think, and I know we're going to get into this a little bit later, but I don't like talking about him every single week, but Dave Portnoy, he's the man. He's involved now in the big racket. So we'll get into that. But he has really led, in my opinion, kind of the charge forward for more legalized sports betting. And, you know, just some of the numbers that I was able to pull. It's actually a very interesting topic, right? Because, you know, the headline number that you always start with is there is somewhere, and there's no way to know for sure, but there's somewhere between 50. 50 billion and 200 billion dollars placed on sports bets illegally in this country every single year. So, you know, up to now imagine if that was all legal, right? How many more people would be doing it? Well, I have a survey right here. (laughs) I'm glad you asked. (laughs) So the interesting part that I found is you would assume that if it becomes legal, that boom, all those people are going to switch over to the legal system. And that's not really the case. I guess the benefits to gambling with a bookie, the bookie doesn't have to pay taxes, right? Because he's already operating illegally and doesn't have to collect the money up front necessarily. So whether if you're going legally to a casino in the sports book and placing a bet there, or if you're in one of these states like Pennsylvania, for example, that have these apps that you can use to bet, there's going to be increased costs for whoever's hosting those services because they're paying taxes. They have to build out the infrastructure. They have employees, all that stuff. If you're just making book (laughs) on the side, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. I just want to chime in on that. So A lot of the baby boomers Mm -hmm. 
who have been gambling on sports, they're probably going to stick with their bookie. Yep. If they've had a, you know, black market bookie or <laughs> illegal bookie, they'll probably stick. Right. But for the younger generations, mobility is key. Oh, yeah. Right. So the Robinhood app democratized investing for retail investors, for millennials, even for like teenagers, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it gave them an opportunity to start investing because there was an app that was easy to use. Right. So I think it can just open up to a whole new world of investors. For sure. And gamblers, right? D, so right now, the online gaming and sports betting industry does just under $2 billion a year in revenue. Most of the research I have read expects that industry to 10x over the next 10 years. That's freaking crazy. Yep. <laughs> right? I mean, that's just unbelievable growth. And I think there's really two reasons behind it. The first one's obvious, and it's legalization. So I think there's roughly like 20 or so states right now where sports betting is either legal or it's approved and it's pending, right? And it should be legal, I don't know, any month or I don't know how long that process takes. And then when I tried looking at projections for legalization in 2020 and 2021, one, it looked like we would get another 20 or so states, mm-hmm. right? So by the end of 2021, you go from, I don't know when you had the first few additional states legalize sports betting, but you go from two or three all the way up to 40 states. Very, very significant. So yeah, you know, New Jersey is a great example. They just started last year and they basically won from zero to 4.58 billion in handle. So the amount of money coming in, revenue of 300 million and 36 million going directly into the state coffers for taxes. So I have some friends who live in New York. It's kind of similar to the recreational marijuana. You know, these people who want the service, they're going to travel over state lines to make those bets, right? Yep. So all these people in New York City who are betting in New Jersey or through New Jersey apps, New York is losing all that revenue. Ohio is another good example. We're sandwiched in between two states that have full legalized betting. So yep. we have Indiana on one side and Pennsylvania on the other side. It's funny when my brother drives home from Chicago, when he's in Indiana, he can make bets, right? Yeah. So if he's driving home to see the family, he can place his bets for the football games on Saturday on an app, yeah. watch them on Sunday, and then drive back home. Nice. <laughs> so, Well, Ohio's close. Yep. So I don't know how much you researched into that, but it looks like as of the day we're recording this episode, there are two bills in play right now. The right. House has one and the Senate has one, and it's approved. They're both approving and legalizing sports betting, but it's a difference. The House bill has the state government set up as essentially the owner operator of this entire gambling enterprise, right. which that's not cool. <laughs> right? Sounds about right. For, for Whereas government. the Senate is proposing, as we've talked about in a capitalist society, that the government act as an umpire. So the government right. is just a regulator in mm-hmm. the Senate's bill. So both sides have approved the legalization of sports betting. Now it's just, you know, where does the government fit in? Yeah, that's what I read as well. So our governor, Mike DeWine, wants it to happen. So he's been talking about it for a while. So it's just a matter of cutting through all the red tape, getting it legalized and getting a platform out there. But Ohio is a great example because they're witnessing, you know, that going on. They see the money go to Pennsylvania or they see the money go to Indiana. 
frankly, just stupid not to have it. They're, you know, all you're, these you're states just are hurting. Money, right? They're all hurting financially, so you might as well make money, right? Yep. So, you know, let me run through a few of these stats that I promised. So this is a brand new survey done by the American Gaming Association. So in my research for this, I guess they're kind of the foremost group that are, have been putting out all these numbers. They said that 17% of American adults will bet on the NFL this season. So when you think about it, that seems like a lot. That is significant. Yeah. So that's 17% of the whole adult population. I didn't expect it to be that high. Yeah. 20% of that number, so 6.6 million, they'll wager physically and legally at a legal sports book. So they'll walk up to the window with their 20 bucks and they'll put it down on their team. That is up 18% over 2018. So that's just, you know, you're seeing more legalized gambling and you're seeing it grow at a big rate. 34% of those people will bet through a legal platform. So that's like the apps that we talked about. I have friends in Pennsylvania. My one buddy has this app. You know, he's not a big gambler and this is going to prove a point later. He didn't gamble at all before he had this app and now he has this app so he can, you know, sit there and throw 20 bucks on a game if he's just sitting there, you know. Makes it fun. It does. It makes it more fun. Especially when you can't go to the game in person, (laughs) right? Exactly. Exactly. So those are the legal routes. So 18% of that population, the 17% of American adults, 18% of them will wager with a bookie. All right. So that number is still going up legalized gambling is coming to all these different states, but 18% of all the bets are still placed illegally through a bookie. I would say, obviously, the number is much higher than that. I think this is just the people that are willing to admit that in a survey. So that's why you have really no idea what the attainable market is. And 26% will bet casually, you know, through whether it's fantasy football or pools or something like that. So casual bets, not betting two, three, four football games every week. And 50% will bet casually with friends. So, you know, we'll just throw 20 bucks, you and me, on the Browns game. Right. I will not be taking the Browns. (laughs) (laughs) I was just talking about that with Chris. You know, he's been playing as the Browns in Madden and he's beating the pants off everyone else. (laughs) I'm sure he is on rookie mode. I mean, on rookie mode. (laughs) On paper, they look good. It all comes down to whether or not Baker Mayfield's going to be successful. You got the receivers, you got two stud running backs, you got a stud tight end now. I mean, you got a brand new top of the line left tackle. Mm -hmm. I don't know. On paper, they look good, but they'll probably. They'll probably blow it, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, one thing I learned when I was gambling on sports in college, and Tony and I, we had this system where we would, mm-hmm. I think, spend like four hours a week handicapping <laughs> games. We thought we were experts. Yeah. One thing I learned is never bet on or against your team, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You just can't do it. Just yep. don't, don't touch those games. Because mm-hmm. either way, you'll end up mad. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so let's shift gears real quick. I want to talk about fantasy football. Right. So look, there's different apps out there. There's FanDuel, there's DraftKings. Do you still do fantasy football? I do. Yep. How many leagues are you in? I'm down to two. So I was at my peak. I was in five fantasy football leagues. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. I mean, I was rooting for a player and against that player. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if he scored 10 points, I was fine. If he scored 12, I lost, Right, you know, so (laughs) it was just awful, but I couldn't say no. So I kept getting invited into new leagues and I'd say yes. And eventually it was just too much. So I think I dropped down to two and then nothing. 
My other issue with fantasy football, for me, it always seemed like somewhere around week two of the season, my running back would lose his leg. (laughs) Right? It's even worse now. And then I'm stuck with that team for the rest of the season. So Mm -hmm. I bring this up because FanDuel and DraftKings, they have popularized the daily fantasy games. Right. If a running back blows his leg out, no big deal. I mean, you can just draft someone else. Right. Right? New team the next week. Have you messed around with either FanDuel or DraftKings? at all? I've messed around with it. One of those leagues that I dropped out of, the same guy does a weekly contest. You know, I jump into those. I usually do like, yep. mm -hmm. I usually do the golf for the majors. Yeah. So yeah, I've definitely gotten in on it. I'm definitely not one of the guys that spends 12 hours a week with massive spreadsheets trying to (laughs) you know, pick the winners. I'm just throwing some lineups out there for some entertainment. Even when you spend multiple hours a week, it's still hard, man. (laughs) On the golf, I do way better when I just go with my gut and pick the first six guys I feel like, and I always do better that way. The The more handicapping, yeah, the worse I do. Yeah. All right, let's get into the two different ways that investors can play this trade. So the first way is DraftKings. Mm -hmm. Second way is Penn National Gaming, Mm -hmm. which we'll get to second. That's where we get to talk about Dave Portnoy, right? That's fun stuff. So let's start off with DraftKings. So DraftKings merged with DEAC was the ticker of the company. Diamond Eagle, I don't even remember what Mm -hmm. DEAC stands for. But essentially, DraftKings IPO'd this year. Wasn't technically an IPO because it was just like a ticker change. So it was weird. I didn't understand all the dynamics and logistics behind it. But from my perspective and for a common investor, they basically IPO'd this year. And this is your pure play on the legalization of online sports betting in the United States. If you think that it's going to grow tremendously, that is your pure play. And I just found out that last week, Michael Jordan, the GOAT, invested in DraftKings, and he is now an advisor to the board for the company. And we all know that dude loved to gamble. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's legendary, his gambling. Yeah, it's a big time gambling problems, right? So, but he's also a billion dollar brand. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, with his Air Jordan shoes and clothes and all that stuff. So I thought that was huge, the fact that they were able to get Jordan involved in the mix. So DraftKings, look, this is a stock that, D, I've seen it. It pulls back every now and then, right? I mean, I think Mm -hmm. the sky's the limit for this stock, but investors can wait for pullbacks. Anytime there's a hiccup, if the legalization of sports betting is held up in, let's say, California, the thing will pull back. Something else that's been floated around recently was there was an IRS memo that suggested applying an excise tax to fantasy football winnings, Mm -hmm. right? And that's been shot down time and time again because they've come to the conclusion that it is a skilled activity to actually draft players and keep on it. So that's kind of, I guess, the lowdown on DraftKings. It's your pure play. On the other hand, you've got Penn National. So you've got Penn National, which operates, I want to say it's like 39 or 40 regional casinos and racing facilities. And by the way, regional casinos are doing better than destination casinos. And destination casinos would be like all the big casinos in Vegas, right? Because you can hop in your car and you can drive an hour away, but no one's really going to Vegas. It's a mess in Vegas right now. Yeah. The people that they are attracting is not good. One of our newest hires came from Vegas Mm -hmm. and he said the hotels were operating 
operating at like 20% capacity. That's not good. Way off topic. Last weekend, a bunch of the premium casinos dropped their room rates way down low. Yeah. And people were just trashing rooms like oh. rock star style. Yeah. <laughs> so. Bringing tigers in there and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good recommendation from the Tiger King. Yeah. All right. So Penn National is your diversified play because right. they've got casinos. They bought Barstool or they bought a percentage of Barstool, which right. is Dave Portnoy's company. And they now have access to 66 million stoolies, as they call them, right. users. If they can just convert 10% <laughs> to sports betting. And by the way, they are rolling out. I don't know if you know this, but Barstool Sportsbook, mm-hmm. that app is rolling out in September. Right? Oh, really? So, look, everyone loves Dave Portnoy. You can sit there and fall in love with his pizza review videos, <laughs> right? So just imagine how many people are going to follow his sports analysis, mm-hmm. right? When he's talking about betting on sports and then are obviously going to probably use the Barstool app right. to gamble on sports. So that's a big catalyst, especially since they're rolling out that app. One of the interesting things about Penn National is since they have physical locations, they're actually eligible to receive what is called skin compensation from the online operators like DraftKings. Mm-hmm. That's like 5 to 15% of the revenue. I'm no expert in <laughs> casinos and gambling, but that's a significant amount. Yeah. So I'm assuming that in order for you to receive these revenues, you have to run it through a physical location, mm-hmm. right? Which definitely gives Penn National an advantage. And I know you wanted to talk a little bit about Dave Portnoy. I mean, obviously, the dude's a marketing genius. He has a huge following. He's out there touting Penn stock on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. And he's going to attract the sports betters as well. Right. He's going to be able to convert and monetize a big chunk of that 66 million number. It's all about that audience. It's all about how many people can you bring in? Yeah, I read a statistic. So most of those 66 million are like they're millennials, young males, and 62% of them gamble on sports. That's a big number, <laughs> yeah. right? So, I mean, if we're just talking 10%, if they can just convert 10% to the Barstool Sportsbook app, sky's the limit for them. Mm. So those are two companies that I think give investors an opportunity to play this. I own both of them. I'm more interested in Ohio legalizing gambling, right. so, <laughs> sports betting, so <laughs> that I can hop on my Barstool app mm-hmm. and gamble on some games this season. Yep, for sure. And bet against the Browns. You Don't do it. Money. You can't do it, man. You <laughs> no, can't this is for it. the audience. If you're not oh, yeah. a Browns fan. If you're a non-Clevelander, yeah, yeah you should bet against the week, Browns. Week, sure. you know, this isn't a pick show, but... The Browns have a new team, and they basically haven't practiced at all. I don't think they've hit anyone yeah. yet. I've read that none of the teams have basically tackled anyone yet. So it's going to be interesting. There's going to be so many one. injuries. Yeah. Right. I mean, guys who had never pulled hamstrings before, like Miles oh, yeah. Garrett, were mm-hmm. pulling hamstrings. Yeah. And I would assume that all the practice facilities and trainers were shut down. Mm-hmm. Right. So oh, either yeah. you had to work out on your own, and I've worked out with personal trainers before, and they spend like the first 10 minutes of your workout and maybe like the last five stretching you, right? That's what like, you're supposed to they do. They put your leg up there. <laughs> they make you push against their hands mm-hmm. and then they go further and further and further. If you're just working out on your own in your basement, you don't have a trainer there to stretch you. So right. I, I think there's going to be a lot of injuries this year, but dude, I'm excited. I want to see some football. Even though it's going to be a little weird with no fans, mm-hmm. I'm ready for it. And I'm going to hopefully get some gambling in this year on yeah. some games, right? <laughs> 
So we talked at the beginning uh, about, you know, how do you get to 10x, right? 10 times what we're doing now. So just a couple numbers to leave you with. So basically 46% of people surveyed, this is a 2018 study, but it's the most comprehensive one I found. 46% of people who already wager on sports would likely wager more if gambling was legalized. 27% of people who watch sports would like to gamble on sports. They just don't have a bookie, right? (laughs) So, and if you do the math between just those two groups at the low end, you're looking at an extra 13 and a half billion to all the way up to 54 billion just for the people who already watch sports and would like to gamble or who are already gambling, but would just gamble more. So there's just huge numbers out. And like I said, I think that New Jersey number, the sky is really the limit for this. And like you said, there's only 21 states right now. So I had to try not to make too many stock predictions on this show. And I don't know what the numbers will do, but Penn is definitely a stock that I like because there's real long-term potential for huge revenues. There is. And that's what you're really looking for. It's a fantastic play. And I'm just going to wrap up with one last statistic. You mentioned New Jersey. So I've got a report here from July with regards to New Jersey iGaming and sports betting data. So this provides June's numbers and it compares iGaming and sports betting year over year. And if we go back to June, there was not a single major sport playing, right? I mean, baseball started July 1st. I don't remember. It definitely wasn't June, Mm -hmm. right? I forget when basketball and their bubble picked up, but in June, Year over year, sports betting was up 30% year over, with no major sports. How does that even work? I don't know, but that's why you need to invest in this stuff, right? I mean, I have no idea how it happened, but it did. I think it's just a huge market. Oh, yeah. All right. So that wraps up today's show. As always, thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button. Give us your feedback. We'd appreciate it. If you have any questions, feel free to shoot us an email at info at swpconnect.com. Check out the show notes on the website. Check out the YouTube channel, and we'll talk to you next time. Hey, it's Mark. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Look, if you wouldn't mind, please go to your podcast app, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you use, and give us a five-star rating and review. You know, the best way for us to continue to educate and enlighten every single one of you is for more and more people to know about us, and your review would help us with that. Also, we've had quite a few listeners reach out to us lately asking about financial planning. So we've decided to offer a special to every single one of our listeners. It's a $495 comprehensive financial plan. No strings attached. You don't have to move your investments under our management. We're not going to use the plan as a gimmick to sell you a product. There's absolutely no hidden agenda and no further obligation on your part. You just get great conflict-free advice from us. And all you have to do is visit your495plan.com. That's your495plan.com. Fill out your info. One of our certified financial planners will reach out and begin to build out your plan. Visit your495plan.com today.